Are you ready to bounce back better? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Everybody, I'm here with Kathy, and we are going to talk about how to get people to believe you about the toxic person, or what to do when they don't want to believe you, or what to do when they choose not to believe you, or what to do when they can't believe you. Hey, Kathy, how are you? Good. How are you, Sarah? Good. So, sounds like you have a mother-in-law problem, or a former mother-in-law problem. Is that <laughs> is that right? And- an almost former mother-in-law problem. An yes. almost former mother-in-law problem. That's quite that's quite a mouthful. And before we dig in too deep, have you heard of the term flying monkeys? Um, in regards to toxic wizard of Oz. Yes. No. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. What we're going to talk about is flying monkeys, which is a narcissistic term about the people surrounding the Wicked Witch, right? Exactly from the Wizard of Oz, which happens to be my favorite movie. So I love all the narcissist quotes regarding the Wizard of Oz. Obviously, the Wicked Witch in the West was wicked, right? And so, but oftentimes, she got the flying monkeys to do her bidding. Correct. Right? And so within narcissism language or toxic people language, you hear the term flying monkeys pretty often, which is, you know, getting other people to do your bidding. So they fly around, they swoop in, they save the day, they beat up the scarecrow, they, you know, capture Dorothy, et cetera, et cetera. But the narcissist doesn't have to get their hands dirty, right? Oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. So the Wicked Witch is just, you know, in her, um, you know, in her castle, like playing with that ruby, you know, hoping to play with the ruby slippers, right? And then the other people are doing the dirty work. Um, and that so often that happens, you know, with toxic people. And so they call them flying monkeys. So if you ever hear anything about flying monkeys <laughs> in regards to this subject, that's what that means. Um, and flying monkeys are very powerful, right? In toxic relationship, they tend to turn you against yourself. Yes, I would say that's happening currently. Yeah. So it's already two against one, like the toxic person and you against you in some ways in your mind. And then they bring in flying monkeys, right? They bring in the mother-in-law, they bring in the brother, they bring in maybe one of your family members, they bring in the best friend, they bring in the pastor, they bring in the synagogue leader, you know, whoever it is, right? To do their dirty work of controlling you. Does that sound familiar at all? Oh gosh, yes. Um, a hundred (laughs) percent. So how can I help you in regards to flying monkeys? Uh, Is it about, you know, how to talk to them, what to say? How can I help you? Um, So I guess my main questions become, you know, how do you keep your perspective against a flying monkey? Like, for example, my my current flying monkey, my mother-in-law, she is inside of my space right now. And she is making me feel like I'm crazy and me feel like I'm the one who is in the wrong. And I need to have sympathy for the narcissist in my life, even though he's the one doing the flip. So that's, that's one of the biggest things I'm having major issues with this week. So yeah. And can you tell other people what the flip is? Because if they've not followed my work as much as you have, they may not understand what you're saying. So the way I understand the flip is the narcissist presents themselves as one way. And then behind closed doors, they flip to be something else or they they say something and then they flip it back on you and they they constantly are doing the song and dance back and forth of the perception is good for one person but they're showing their true self to somebody else and it's back and forth and back and forth kind of like a, a tennis game yeah it's 
that's a, definitely. And the flip can be the flip of blame, right? Why weren't you home when you said you were going to be flip? Why do you have to be so controlling? Why didn't you follow through with what you said you were going to do? Flip, you know, why can't you be more understanding of my work schedule? You know, whatever it is, it's that flip and puts the blame back on you. It's a, it's really a blame game flip, right? And yes, or why why do you not let me see my children more? Well, you also never requested to see your children more when your mother was in town. Yeah, pay no, again, the Wizard of Oz scenario of pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, right? Let me portray the image I want to portray. If, you know, you believe that I am who I say, you know, not who I behave, right? Like, I (laughs) believe what my words, not my behavior, right? Yes. And, you know, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, but that's where that, um, there's a book called um, The Wizard of Oz and Other Narcissists, you know, because that's exactly what it is. You know, on screen, he looks like this huge, powerful, amazing, wonderful Wizard of Oz. And then in real life, he's just a tiny man behind the curtain who's learned to fool everyone. Yes. And I feel like I need to write that book down because I feel like it's going to be my next nighttime reader. Yes, there you go. Um, <laughs> so a couple of things. In the book, The Five Types of People Who Will Ruin Your Life, which is... I actually recommend that one more than the other one. Um, it is about point of blame, like someone being the object of blame. Okay, And some toxic people, everyone is the object of blame. But other people, it tends to be someone very close to them. You know, their they're family members, they're object of blame. You know, maybe their secretary at work, maybe their uh, business partner. You know, people close to them tend to be the object of blame because they don't want to take responsibility for their actions. So they need someone close to them to take the hits. Mm -hmm. Right. And so sometimes it's hard if you have not been the toxic person's point of blame, it's hard to believe that they are doing what they are doing. All the flip, all the games, all the blaming, right? It seems like surely that can't be true because it seems so awful to other people. You know, you're saying, Oh gosh, he's pulling this stuff on me. He's blaming me. He's, flipping things on me. He's making everything my fault. And they're like, really? Truly not. Because they have not been the object of blame. But now in your case, so that's why they can, they can talk flying monkeys into believing them. Now in your case, my guess is your mother-in-law has been covering his antics for a long, long time. It, it seems as it, um, a lot of come out recently in the divorce. So I would agree with you on that. Or she just doesn't see it because she has attachment issues herself. Well, she doesn't want to see because then she has to probably in her case, it's like, you know, not that as a parent, you take complete responsibility, but you have to question yourself, right? It's like, um, and the body keeps the score. Interestingly enough, it was shocking how many mothers of school shooters developed breast cancer because of just the pain and brokenness of their hearts. Like who comforts the school shooters mother, right? It's like, what did you yeah, do? I wouldn't done that way, you know? Correct. It's all about upbringing or questioning upbringing at that point. Yes. And so asking his mother-in-law to question his upbringing or questioning his mother, you know, question his upbringing to take a look at herself to think, well, you know, she wants to be able to say, oh, he's wonderful. Oh, he's amazing. Oh, he's the blow of my eye. She doesn't want to see the truth because then she has to confront the truth. And then she's kind of forced to do something about the truth. Yeah, I just I just wish um, for the sake of the children involved, someone would stand up to him besides me and would stand up for the kids because the kids do not need to be around the nefarious types of people that he's currently um, 
putting them around. And she could be your ally in certain aspects, right? Um, normally with, again, from the five types of people who, who will ruin your life, he talks about when you're explaining to someone that you're dealing with a toxic person, not to use the word narcissist, don't say they're a toxic person, don't say they have a personality disorder, because people automatically think you're exaggerating, right? It, as soon as you start using those words, they assume you're exaggerating. But mm-hmm. if you say, I'm dealing with a high conflict personality, or I'm dealing with an extremely selfish personality, or I'm dealing with an extremely irresponsible personality, or something, because um, it's, it's like even the word abuse, right? If you say he's abusing me, oh, everybody Correct. says, you know, he's high conflict. Oh, okay. I can see that. Do you see those words are easier to get to? I do. I just know her, her personality type. Um, she is very toxic positivity. Um, so even that, I don't know if that would actually get through to her. Um, well, and you're assuming she has ears to hear if you find the right words. I am. You're right. (laughs) Right. And you're thinking if you work hard enough at it, she will grow ears. I would hope just for the sake of the two children. But um, I also don't know if she would side against her only son. And so you don't want to frame it. If there's one specific issue, you know, asking her to completely take your side, tell her son he needs to get help, et cetera, et cetera. Very unlikely, right? Very unlikely for her to work through the layers of denial she has built up to protect herself. The best way, if there's any chance of that, is to, in that book, it talked about, you know, your, you know, Bill is a high conflict person, you know, he has a high conflict personality. And um, here are three, for example, he throws things. For example, he has angry outbursts in public and he, um, you know, has cheated on me multiple times. Okay. Like Mm -hmm. for example, those three, and then you give five examples of each. So three sub, you know, three main categories and five examples to support those categories. That is the best, you know, if you're talking to a judge, if you're talking to a friend, if you're talking to, that is the best language. If someone has ears to hear, that is the best way to get to them. Okay. Now in your situation, you're looking at one niche area specifically. Yeah. That's one tiny problem to solve. And you know, in our work together, I'm always like, okay, break it down to a better problem to solve, break it down to a smaller problem to solve. What really do you want to happen? What, What specifically can happen? Because if all you're asking is her, you're not asking her to turn against her son. You're not asking her to try to fix her son. You're not asking her to see your son. You're asking for her to keep your grandkids away from, you know, certain personality types. And in, in your case, one specific personality type. Do you see yes. how much smaller of a problem that is to solve? Looking at the history between mother-in-law and narcissist, we, mm-hmm. he doesn't respect anything she says anyhow, um, because of course he knows all, he is all, he bees all. Um, so I don't even know if the conversation that she would potentially have with him would even get through to him. I guess my, my bigger, my bigger problem to solve is does she actually see this for what it is? Or is she like him um, falling into the fantasy of the nefarious personalities? What will change for you depending on either, you know, if one of those things came to fruition, like, okay, she really sees him for, for, if she really sees the situation for what it is, if she's not going to listen to him anyway, He's not going to listen to her. Yeah, yeah. If he's not going to listen to her anyway, not to say why does it matter, but why does it matter to you specifically? Um, So that maybe I would have an ally. Maybe that, you know, I would have What is an ally to you? 
someone who is looking out for the kid's best interest who also, you know, would be willing to, if we needed financial support or backing, or if we needed um, emotional support or backing would be there. Who can, um, especially from- when he's not providing for them. So you, so you're hoping if you can get her to be an ally that when he has the kids, she might give him money. No, I'm I'm thinking like because he's not providing for his children at all right now. Um, he's using all of his his funds to be with said nefarious personality. I'm I'm looking for even supports for diapers from her mm-hmm. because I earn a quarter of what my soon to be ex-husband earns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's, it's quite disparaging. And she probably, when you break it down that way, my guess is she probably has ears to hear that. Okay. Right? Can you help me out with the grandkids for some certain circumstance? Right. Um, you can use a, a different language. You know, it's like um, you want to, you know, you want to get to the party in the backyard. Okay. You're at a house, you're looking at the front door, there's a party in the backyard. You can either walk up to the front porch, knock, 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 bang your head on the door, hoping the front door opens, or you can walk around the house, okay? Mm -hmm. Hoping she turns against her son in any aspect, you know, takes your side, stands up against him, um, that's that's a bit like banging your head on that front door. But, you know, asking for help, you know, can we still be friends? Can you help me out sometimes is a bit going around the house. And do you think that could harbor a healthy relationship, even though like, for example, after some things that have happened this week with her current visit, I'm feeling extremely stabbed in the back. And like, I just want to cut all ties with her because she's allowing his narcissistic personality to run rampant. She is going to allow his narcissistic personality to run rampant. She has already made that choice. You don't like her choice, but she's been very clear that that is her choice. There, there are probably no signs, no signals. You know, she's not talking to you behind from what you've said. It doesn't seem like she's saying you're right. He really is awful. I know it's all his fault. I just don't know what to do. It doesn't sound like that's what's happening. Not to me, at least. It might be to other family members, but it's not to me. Right. So that's kind of like hoping that's what she's thinking, right? There's not a lot of data to back up that hope. Correct. Okay. So you may have data that she would be willing to help out some things with her grandkids. That's a different problem to solve. So she could fill a certain role in your life. Is she going to be your savior? Is she going to stand up to him? Is she going to fight for you? Is she? No, she's not. Is she going to even believe that he's the problem? No, she's not. Very unlikely. Because how am I going to be okay with that when I have to allow her or I'm encouraged to foster a relationship with my kids and their grandmother when their father can't be bothered? So you have to think about what she, I hate to use the word, how she is useful to you, but that's how toxic people think, right? It's like, oh, how is this person useful to me? How is this person useful to me? What need can this person meet? What need can this person meet, right? And there's something we can learn about that from them, right? She Mm -hmm. may be a great babysitter if you're feeling sick, but she may not be um, the person who's going to call him on his SHIT. Yeah. 
right? But it doesn't mean she's, again, I hate to use the word useful. I need to find a better word, but there's a role. Here it is. There's a role she can fill in your life. You wish you would fill other roles in your life. Yeah, (laughs) I do. I, I wish, I wish we could, you know, be two Joan of Arc's blazing the trail, but that's not the reality. That's a very, very, very steep expectation of her. She has probably, I'm not gonna say she's contributed to this problem, but I can't imagine her not seeing it. She just doesn't want to see it. And those are, if somebody just doesn't see things, it's like, oh, you've got a spot on your back, right? My, my husband had a mole. I actually, got, he got burned off his back because I was afraid it was skin cancer. He couldn't see the mole, okay? Because the way it was like on his back. And I saw mm-hmm. the mole and said, hey, you've got a mole on your back. You need to make sure it doesn't turn cancerous. It looks like it's growing. Yeah, it was fine. And it was benign. No big deal at all. But if he said... I don't have skin cancer. Don't even talk about that. I don't, I, I don't want to go to the doctor. Okay. There's a difference in him, me saying, oh, there's a mole in your back and him saying, oh, I didn't know that versus, you know, okay, now you need to go to the skin doctor. And he's like, no, I don't need to go to the skin doctor because I'm invincible and I don't have to go to the doctor. I'm not going to get cancer. Do you see how those are two different things? I do. I do. So you're thinking if there's a way you can point to the mole on the back, she's going to say, oh, there's a mole on my back. My son is a jerk. He is selfish and cheating and broken up his fame. Oh, I didn't see it. Right. And that's a really steep expectation of her. She doesn't want to go to skin dog. She knows there's cancer on her back. She just doesn't want to go to the doctor. Yeah. So it's a sucky problem, right? I understand that. Yeah, it's, it's not what I want to hear, but I, I completely see the reality. Mm-hmm. Um because I just, one of the things that has infuriated me about this trip, more so than even like allowing her to see her grandkids, because her, my, my daughter really loves her grandmother. And, um, you know, I want to make sure that they still get to be in each other's lives, even with all of this going on, um, is the fact that she doesn't see the abuse he puts towards her. For example, um, this weekend was her birthday. Um, he was quote unquote busy with work, which was really pleasure with his, his nefarious person. Um, and, uh, she was okay with the fact that he did not make time to see her on her birthday, even though she flew to town and was staying at our mutual home and he could not be bothered to see his mother on her own birthday. I was then the one who put together a birthday party for her, made sure she had gifts from the kids and everything else. And I would think that that would be extremely painful. Um, But for her, it's just water under the bridge. Mm -hmm. Well, and you are seeing from your own perspective. I am. I'm seeing from the perspective of somebody who's getting out of the abuse from underneath them. You saw the truth. So it's like you, okay, you pulled the curtain back, right? And you say, there's a little man back there. It's not the great and powerful Oz. And she's saying, but I raised the great and powerful Oz. Look how great and powerful he is. And so if you tell her it's just a little man behind the curtain, she's lost her part of her identity. She's lost part of her personal power. Hmm. So what you are asking her to do is believe worse thing to feel worse about herself. Yeah. I can see how that would. Yeah. And that's why I say it's such a steep expectation for her. So the takeaway is to be able to 
find a useful role for her in mine and the kids' lives and roll with that. Um, it, there's a, there's a, there's a term called, uh, it, I talk about don't throw a baseball to someone who doesn't have arms. Okay. Don't throw a baseball to someone who doesn't have arms. As far as her, her advocating against her son for you, she doesn't have the arms to do it. She can't catch the ball, Yeah. but she can run with the kids and she can talk to them and she can, you know, um, tell stories and keep them entertained. It's not that she can't do anything. She just can't catch a ball. So you maximize the things that she can do and, you know, get past the past, get real about the present so you can get serious about the future. You stop expecting her to grow arms because you did. And then you can start building momentum. Then you can get her help and ask very specifically what, ask her for things that she can do to help rather than things you wish she would do to help. Okay. Yep. Does that help you, Kathy? It does. It, it means we're more on the lines of uh, Halloween costumes and yes. um, and swim lessons as opposed yes. to anything like emotional or, or uplifting. <laughs> yeah, uh, that she, makes sense. She has doesn't sound as if she's developed her own emotional health and personal power in regard to. I would agree with that. Right, and so. It's just such a stretch, you know, what you need from her. I understand why you need it. And it would be wonderful if she did it, but it is such a stretch for her. It, it, it's just, you know, hoping you can jump really hard and get to the moon or, you know, you say that you say the right phrase and she grows arms because uh, I had, I did have a therapist and he said, Sarah, you keep trying to solve emotional problems with logic you 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 are a good communicator you are good at researching etc etc so you keep thinking if you bring enough logic to the conversation then you can that you can change the emotions i kept thinking if i really really kept talking about that mole on the back they would want to go to the doctor but it wasn't that they didn't know the moles on the back it's that they didn't want to go to the doctor got it but she can be very useful and helpful and a wonderful part of your life. You, you just got to pick and choose which pieces you ask her to help with. I, I understand exactly what you're coming from and I don't expect her to ha- be able to give us more. I just, I, I wish. Oh yeah. Maybe one day, maybe one day. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I get the wish. I get the hope. Um, I'm sure. Have you read, uh, the article I wrote about uh, when an optimistic woman loves a toxic person um, and just how we have our hope used against us. We have our kindness, our loyalty. We, we just keep thinking, gosh, life would be so great if this person could fulfill this role in our life. If this person could grow ears, if this person could grow arms, if this person would go to the doctor, if this person would um, see behind the curtain, but they're choosing not to see behind the curtain. Because um, seeing behind the curtain actually reveals a lot about them too, right? There, um, what happened in their childhood, you know, what happened in his childhood. Um, and it's a lot of healing that it doesn't sound like anyone from the family really wants to do. But she's probably going to Yeah, no, I would agree. They just kind of want to sweep it under the rug, which is horrible for his two children. Yes, yes. But 
she doesn't have to be horrible for the two children, right? She can make the Halloween costumes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You just can't expect, you know, at this point, I would not expect her to grow arms, especially not when you guys aren't even divorced yet. Yeah. Which which opens up a whole nother can of worms. Like, why are you introducing your mother to another woman when you're not even divorced yet? But I digress. There's a phrase I have and it says, you know, stop expecting the person who hurt you to be the person to put you back together. And in many ways it's like, okay, stop expecting the person who has put up with his behavior the very most to stand up for his stand up to his behavior. Now she's had a whole life, you know, his whole life of putting up with his behavior. You've had a section of it. She couldn't even stand that up for is, Yeah, that's, that's ridiculously true. Oh Lord. Yes. That one, that one hit home. <laughs> <laughs> Not the answer you want, but, but the answer, um, it is the right answer, you know, and I, I wish I had the magic wand to grow arms and grow ears. Um, but there are definite strategies that you can use to get what you want, you know, to get around that house rather than banging your head on the front door. And in this case, it's figuring out what she, what role she wants to play in your kid's life and, you know, enhance that relationship that way rather than being Joan of Arc together, <laughs> blazing through and, and find other Joan of Arcs, right? another Joan of Arcs and you become Joan of Arcs still. Does that sound good? Is that helpful? Yes, that's the a hundred percent plan is that I will be Joan of Arc blazing through the fire and um yeah. We're gonna champion for these kids and we're gonna make sure that he can't hurt them. Well perfect Kathy, thank you for joining us and I hope that helps. Best of luck to you. Perfect. Thank you so much, Sarah. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Hello, wonderful. I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast and that you found something that will either help you get past your past, get real about your present, or get serious about your future. And hopefully it's all three. If you're not already in my Facebook group, finding love and success after a toxic relationship, consider this your invitation. There are tons of lives, tons of tips and tricks to help you bounce back better. Have a great day.